I don't know, Tom. 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 Hola. When I first saw it, I thought it was salsa, and I hate salsa water. <laughs> Trying to cruise through the avenue when my people's is popping bottles. Fuck that. So I knew we lost the hubcap. His back to the shack. Came back. What's that? This is my moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our award, you can start rapping if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> gotta pay for that. My life experience is on the house. <laughs> Do you have your your life experience no, in rap? I, I can make it. <laughs> no, uh, I need Swizzy on the beat. Give me a give the me dream. A budget. The dream is a hella good producer too. I take him. Okay. Swizzy, Dream. Who else would produce for me? If I want to make it a ballad. Okay. Babyface. <laughs> if I want to. He went from Swiss to Babyface. <laughs> if I want to make it like a ballad, like. <laughs> Kanye. Kanye. <laughs> Produce a beat for me. That's all right. I need you to. I, I would pay for just to, for you to rap it. So. In Miami. With a family. This is all y'all had in the Bronx, so that's what's crazy. That's all we had. The birthplace of hip hop. That's all we had. Yeah, that sounds. That makes sense. No, you make sense. Birthplace of hip hop. Birthplace of hip hop, but this is—I mean, fun was that dude though. I mean, Brooklyn was it? Uh, no, it was Queens keep on taking it. Brooklyn keep on. Queens keep on making it. Brooklyn keep on taking it. So Bronx wasn't involved in that. I had the tor- terror squad. So. We had everyone that started hip hop. Kumo D, KRS One. Elementary school. <laughs> Everybody. Well, first of all, I appreciate you finding the time to join the uh, I Don't Know Tom podcast. Uh, For those of you listening, this is another episode where I've had the privilege of bringing on another amazing guest. And if you don't know from the banter back and forth, if you can't tell by the voice, I have the privilege of welcoming Bianca. Oh, excuse me. First of all, excuse (laughs) me. Let me back up. Dr. <laughs> Bianca De Jesus. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Listen, hola. <laughs> Thank you, V. Thank you for coming in. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you taking the time. How you doing? Today? No problem. I'm doing well. I'm blessed. Nice. Blessed. 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 I appreciate that. So, this podcast is obviously um, predicated on people finding their or telling their story and figuring out ways to um, help that, like, investigate their story in ways to help other people. So, and I have to turn this off because it's so funny. Yeah. It's the longest song ever. It is, you know. (laughs) All right. So, um, basically, what I like to do with this podcast is to start with uh, 
the most open-ended question of all questions, and you can feel free to answer this however you feel free to, is who are you if you were to answer that question? Who is Bianca? That is a big, <laughs> one of your uh, famous, big, esoteric, <laughs> abstract questions. So Fair naturally, enough. we start here. Okay. Um, who, who am I? Who is Bianca? And I... I I'll say I didn't like think ahead for these questions because I wanted fine. to see how I wanted to do that intentionally to see how I re- respond on the fly. I'm like, who am I? That works um, I think the first visceral thoughts that come to mind, like I'm a woman. Okay. I'm an Afro Latina. Um, I'm a New York native. Um, I'm an you know extrovert, outspoken mm-hmm. individual um, trying to make change. I'm a giver. Mm-hmm. Um, those are some of the things that I think that come to mind. Like I'm an educator. Um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of like pieces, words that I, I'm spewing out, but all those mm-hmm. words together, that's Make who I who am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What I always find interesting is that whenever you ask that question, there are certain things that kind of like are primed in the brain. And you started by saying that like you're a giver, you're Afro-Latina. Like, why do you think those <laughs> things are the things that came to mind? to the forefront yeah, right yeah. uh great follow-up question i think those are the things that are most salient mm-hmm. right like uh we all have identities we have layers to our to our identity um but there are the layers that we probably think of the most frequently yeah. when we navigate the world and so for me the ones that i said first are the ones that i think are most salient at the forefront of my mind being mm-hmm. a woman being Afro-Latina, so identifying culturally with uh, Latinidad, but also blackness, that's something I think about every day. I think something that comes up in my everyday navigations, mm-hmm. being a woman, being a giver, educator, like, you know, um, I engage with those layers of my identity most frequently, mm-hmm. right? And so I think when naturally, when asked who I am, that those come up first. And I think if I sat a little bit longer, I would get to the lower layers of yeah. identity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I can definitely see like, you know, when we look at the way that the world reacts to us most frequently, those things tend to be the things that we recognize the most, right? Like mm-hmm. the world sees us as black before or anything else. Mm-hmm, the world mm-hmm. sees you as Latina before anything mm-hmm, else. Right. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely understand those things resonating with you but when knowing you, knowing that you're an educated woman, knowing that you probably spent time over and over again thinking of who you are, for those things still to resonate with you means that, like, it, it, to me, it's it feels like there's still some story elements there mm-hmm. that you're still piecing through, like, you, that there's, like, this, this idea that, like, even though I know that's who I am, I'm still figuring some of that out, like, who I want to be in that space. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, how do I want to say this? You can have a good sense of identity, and a good a good sense of identity is knowing contextually things change. Yeah. Right. Over time, things change, mm-hmm. and so um, all of those have been pretty much the root of who I am my whole life. But it looks different in different phases. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, I think I'm still learning in some arenas. I'm learning more about that. I'm digging deeper into that. Um, yeah, that, I, I I think your point is well taken. But yes, contextually, identity changes even if. The, the label, quote-unquote, stays yeah. the same. But you, you, And you said a New Yorker, too. That's mm. geographically speaking, but that it's also culturally and a bunch of other stuff. Oh, my like, God, yeah. What does that mean, though? Because like, you said it's like a little, you stuck your chest out a little bit when you said that. M- more than I realized, <laughs> right? Like, I think um, as I've, the further I've gotten from, from New York, from New York City, and even the state of New York, saying that, I say it in a way, but I also recognize people receive it very differently. Yeah. So that's a really good question. Um <laughs> 
I say it with pride. Like, yeah. you know, New Yorkers have a lot of pride. So when you say I stuck my chest out, yeah. naturally. Um, yeah. But I also think what you said is, after that is, is most important. There's a, in saying I'm a New Yorker, I'm essentially sh- exposing that there are some cultural implications around mm-hmm. that that I want you to know. Like, exactly. oh, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. And mm-hmm. so I may not I may not elaborate, but do with that what you will. Exactly. Like, this is me <laughs> letting you know. This is where I come from. So yeah. um, keep that in mind as you engage with me because it's a, it's, um, it may be pertinent, right? Mm-hmm. Pertinent in how I speak, how I engage with you, um, how I don't engage with mm-hmm. you or different things. So yeah, I, I, I noticed that there's a lot of memes on Instagram and social media these days about New Yorkers. It's like, they'll never hesitate to tell you. They pro- and I'm like, people got to stop. Like, But, I mean, but in a sense, I think that New York more so, like, everybody can have pride, right? Like, yeah. there's Steelers bars all over the world. But, Very like, true. there's that idea, like, when I've, I've noticed and, like, when people say, like, I'm from New York. It, it is cultural, but there's there's this element of almost like it's like this additional armor that you put on, like I've earned this, like mm. you know where I'm from, like I'm from that place that you know about almost, right? Oh my like, god, yeah, like it's um, it's New York, right? Yeah. Like it's the concrete jungle for a reason, and okay. um, yeah, I just I think they from birth they start instilling that, that hometown <laughs> pride in us from birth, from birth, right? Like you from New York, you from New York, you from yeah. and you from. You know, and then whatever your borough, wherever you're from. So it, <clears throat> I don't know how we get indoctrinated in that way to be so proud and be so like outspoken about it. Yeah, but it it is. Yeah, it's yeah. it's nationally speaking too, because I think that New York, beyond most other cities in this country, like that's the one that like stands out. Yes. right? like you can't really. It, it doesn't hold the same. Like it doesn't have the same. Uh, it doesn't resonate the same if I say. I'm from Montana. Like, they're like, uh. <laughs> I don't know anything more now that you said yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But if you say I'm from New York, like, people don't even know where. You could be from Rochester. It's like, yeah. I don't know. But it's like that that emboldenedness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It speaks to something. So I, I agree with you fully. I'm from Montana. I know far less now than, than like, I don't, like, and I think I what I want to say is I appreciate that you could say that. Like, yeah. me as a, as a New Yorker from this city, I couldn't say what you just said because yeah. then now I'm full of myself, That's right? Fair. We, yeah, yeah. We, they already think we're full of ourselves. We ethnocentric, <laughs> we ethnocentric, full of ourselves, and this, this, this. Um, and I'm like, yeah, we might be, but we didn't do that. That's true. The world did that. Well, all right, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But like, all right. So tell me that, like, so was there this point of like understanding while growing up that like, man, I'm growing up in the thick of it. Like, this is the place to be. Like. Did you know that, or was it just like an afterthought? Because you, we joked about like mm. the Bronx being the birthplace of hip hop. Like, right. did you know that you were growing <laughs> that's up? That's not in a such joke, a, y'all. That's uh, fact. That's fact. Fair just enough. Fair. All right, whatever. Yeah. But Jay's is the best rapper ever. Anyway, <laughs> like, did you know that that was like you were a part of something bigger when you were growing up in that, or did you just appreciate it? Like, mm. what was that about? It's a beautiful question. Um, I think. As with most th- most things in life, you don't appreciate it until you're done with it or out of it, right? Okay. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and so I think it wasn't until I started to, you know, I lived all around the state of New York, so I left the city, moved around the state, and I think, and I've traveled. I obviously live in in Pennsylvania now. It um that all helps to provide context that mm-hmm. I didn't have. So to answer your question, no, I don't think growing up. 
I knew what it was, right? Because it's normal to me. That's mm-hmm. all I ever knew. Yeah. That's all my friends knew. <laughs> but it's when you start to come out of that bubble that you've always known, and you go to other areas and engage with other people, you're like, oh, I'm from New York. And like I said, you recognize that they receive that in mm-hmm. a way. like, And you recognize that, like, oh, we really do things a little bit different than Absolutely. other people. So that you start to see it um, comparatively. You start to see it and think about it with with just more reflection. So, no, when I was in it, it just was normal. Like, the mm-hmm. air we breathe. You know, and I would imagine that's the same for anyone in their hometown. You grow up and you're like, this is just it. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think what what I did notice is that as a kid that we got a lot of attention, right? Like, they talk about New York a lot on TV and in shows. It's always, like, the epicenter of things happening Absolutely. more than, like, Oregon. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, that was Fair something enough. I did recognize, that, like, we get a lot of um, media time. We get mm-hmm. a lot of, like just recognition for, mm-hmm. for different reasons, whether it's music, arts, that education, mm-hmm. great schools there. So I was like, oh, okay. And yeah. then, but the, the magnitude to what um, people now associate with New York, I didn't understand as a yeah. child. It was also curious too, is that like <laughs> you, you mentioned that Afro-Latina, right? Like mm-hmm. in, you're in Pittsburgh and many different places around, unless you go to certain pockets in the, in the United States, there's not a lot of Afro-Caribbean culture there. So, like, what does that look like for you as, like, an Afro-Latina moving out of New York and trying to, like, hold on to that aspect of who you are and maybe having that so enriched, you know, in in New York, but now it's, like, nobody recognizes that. It's difficult. Like, I think um, it's difficult. Like, moving to Pennsylvania, even moving outside of New York City, going further into the state, there's that richness is, is kind of lacking, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, being able to walk out and see Latino people, and Latino people from everywhere, right? Like, I'm talking Caribbean, talking South America, um, and, and then, you know, the mixture, right, of, of blackness and, and all that. So I think it's it's lacking. It has been in my life. It is currently where, you know, where I'm situated here in Pittsburgh. Um, and it, it almost feels like, when I left the city, I had to make a choice, right? Mm. Like, because our, our society and our world is very black and white. And people like this, unless you know about Afro-Latinidad, if you know, you know, kind of like yeah. they say. But if you don't, you don't. So it's like, I'm talking to people about it. Like, okay, well, are you black or are you white? Well, clearly <laughs> not white, right? And, yeah. and I do identify as a black woman racially, but I feel like that's only part of the story. Mm. When I just say I'm a black woman... Um, it erases a, these very important elements of my life Absolutely. that matter, that make me who I am. But that also will come out the longer you engage with me, yeah. like, you know, my last name, my accent, I speak Spanish. Like, they can hear it in the accent. And, and, the, <laughs> and, and even in the cultural references, right? Like, yeah. I make references, and people will be like, like, even black individuals will be like, I don't know what that is. And that's what they start to see, like, she a little different. Yeah. Like, yeah, she yeah. a little different. I'm different because of this, you yeah. know? So I think it's been difficult to try and find it. I think. Fortunately, I have um, strong networks that, from New York that I stay connected to that keep me in there, my family, my friends, mm-hmm. obviously. And then, you know, I think there's a budding space for that here in, in, in Pittsburgh. I don't know how, if it'll grow. I don't know. Um, but I see there's a, there's a at, at least where I'm situated, people kind of galvanizing around it. Like, we need to do more for Afro-Latinidad because, mm-hmm. um, like, there's a South American population here in Pittsburgh, which is cool. But, like, I think people just, people may not recognize, like, you know, um, my family's from the Dominican Republic. 
like that is a very different Latino and Hispanic experience than someone mm-hmm. from Mexico. Absolutely. Than someone from Guatemala. Mm-hmm. But it's just like here in Pittsburgh, it's like, well, all y'all go together, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> and yeah. that's not fair, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a very different experience. And like I will say um, in New York, I was mainly around, you know, like Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, some Cubans. You know, so that's that's what I'm most comfortable with, like, like the Caribbean Latinidad. So um here in Pittsburgh and other places where it's more so where Mexicans tend to be the majority or South Americans tend to be the majority. That's still a very different experience. Like, mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't know that. Well, but it sounds like you have a passion for still finding those spaces mm. like, or creating those spaces. Right. Like, I mean, it's one thing to say like, well, it doesn't exist. So I'll just kind of engage mm-hmm. in the way that this community presents me with. Right. Mm-hmm. But, it, it sounds like you are not only dissatisfied with that, but there's a part of you that either wishes or is is curious, or excuse me, not curious, but is invested in creating something that is more space for people in that in that uh, mm-hmm. like Afro Latina space. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm I, you know, I've been fortunate enough to as it's budding here in Pittsburgh, be in some of those preliminary conversations and be in some of those spaces. So, absolutely, I think it's needed right mm-hmm. i'm here yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm an example of it i need yeah. it and i'm i'm not the only I'm not the only one right there are many um many people around the world and then i'm sure even here in pittsburgh so i think first we got to have the conversation about yeah. it so, so people understand that um blackness and um latinidad don't exa- exist in a box right mm-hmm. um that there there's those cross-cultural components and so having the conversations and creating space, like physical space where people can gather and stuff like that is super duper important. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to do what I can. I'm happy to assist um, either, you know, in a brick and mortar space or in an abstract space. That's certainly something that's in my heart. Mm. Well, if we get out of the idea or the realm of you being very selfless and altruistic and doing <laughs> things for other people, if you were to focus on yourself and think about, you know, I, not just based on your identities, but just on you as a person, like, what brings you joy? Oh my gosh, you love, <laughs> you love this question, y'all. That that oh my god was because he loves this question. What brings me joy? Um, let me think. Take your time. I think. Uh, be so. I shared. I'm an extrovert. I you know I love. Some people. I won't say all people. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Some people. Okay. But I think my friends, like, I, I was just having this conversation yesterday with my best friend. Like, when I'm around my friends, like, just kicking it. Like, we mm-hmm. ain't even doing nothing too crazy. We not dolled up. Or mm-hmm. we can be dolled up. But, like, like we just laughing mm-hmm. and, like, kicking it and chilling. That brings me a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that same... Uh, moments with my family brings me joy. Like, like mm-hmm. just being able to have your people together, chilling. Like, it's a vibe we listen. To. Usually, those vibes consist of music, mm-hmm. food. We laughing. We mm-hmm. eat storytelling. You know that kind of stuff. It's not like there are some big things that also bring me joy. But I, I think what's coming to the forefront of my mind is just those moments when you like, damn, I feel really good. Absolutely. Like. Yeah. So if you were to like think about those things, right? Like uh, it, that it's clear that like that vibe that 
that if you created a condition where family was there, good music, maybe even good food, all of those elements were there. But if you were to think about what is it about those things, right? Like, what is it about those elements in the creation of all of those things coming together that, like, what is, why those things that, why do those things bring you joy? I think it brings me joy because as we get older, they're few and far between. Okay. Like, those, those moments, like, as we get older, we get busy, people having babies, people getting married, people moving far away. Think about the last time when you were with, like, the people who know you the deepest. Mm-hmm. And y'all just don't got a care in the world. Y'all yeah. kiki and y'all laughing. <laughs> like, you know, and so I think one component is the, the, the frequency is, like, it's not as frequent. Okay. And so that's one. And two, it's, a, it's the opportunity where I, myself and anyone there can be fully themselves, mm. right? This is a space where, like, people get you. Like, these are your people. So you ain't got to tiptoe on actions about what I say, what I have on. Like, I got this crusty mm. shirt on. Don't nobody care, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's, um, and I think it's just beautiful because it's a recognition that people want to be together. People took the time to be together. Um, and I think it, it, refuel, it refuels me, right? It's like, ah, oh, these are my people who know me that it gives me the energy to go out into this world that we live in that's a really brutal world. Yeah. So I think I think that's what it does for me. It gives me the energy because it's like, all right, for that moment, that space was my refuge. Mm-hmm. To be with those people laughing who know me, who've seen me throughout my adult progression and going into the world where you don't we don't have we as black and brown people don't yeah. have that. Right? We don't have often these spaces where you can be your full self and enjoy it and fully be seen and have a good time. Those are few and far between. So I think when you can get around your people and you have good people in your corner, like, you know, you got to cherish that. I completely agree with all of those things. But one of the things that I think is like, it it, it kind of like consistently undertones everything you said is that I can be myself. Yeah. And I think that like, if you were to strip away the conditions or even the people and all the subjective things that you can't control, it seems like there any arena in which you feel like you can truly be yourself is where you find the most joy. Of course. Who wouldn't? That's fair enough. But what does it mean to be yourself though? And like, why is it that you feel like I, it it goes without saying like you can't be yourself everywhere, right? People judge you. I get that. So I'm not going to ask you that question. But, like, what is it about, like, being yourself that feels so liberating? Like, why do you feel, like, mm. versus restricted, right? Like, you're out in the world, you're operating in this other way. Mm. But when you're around these people, it brings you significant joy to just let loose. Like, what is it about, what are you doing in that moment that feels so liberating? Uh, not much. And I think that that's what feels liberating. I'm not doing a lot of thinking. Because mm. when we navigate the world, I, I'm, I'll personalize it. When I navigate the world... I have to be super conscious and be thinking a step ahead, mm-hmm. right? Like, think about, I have to think about, am I, as a woman, am I coming off as aggressive? Am I coming mm-hmm. off as needy? Am I coming off as a, a leader that people want to get behind? Like, mm-hmm. you, you think about all these things. And the same thing as a black woman. Oh, okay, am I, am I coming off aggressive? Am I being collegial enough? Mm-hmm. Am I being, like, am I being academic enough yeah. so that they think I'm smart? Like, everything has such a you got to think about think through everything that is yeah. exhausting. Mm-hmm. So I think your point of what am I doing in that space with nothing? Mm. I'm just organically allowing whatever comes to surface in my words and my behaviors to just do it. Mm. I'm not thinking as much. And I think that's the freeing component of it because they know me and they know what it means, right? Like 
you know, when I think sometimes maybe my, and I've talked to you about this, I could say things that come off a little harsh or <laughs> aggressive or tactless. Yeah. And, um, and I'm trying to work on that and be mindful of that. But in that space with the people who know me, who know my heart, I'm not, I'm just saying whatever. Yeah. And they, they just be like, that's Bianca, you yeah. know? And so I think what's happening is in that, those moments, I'm not expending that cognitive energy that mm-hmm. typically myself and other black and brown people have to expend all the time Absolutely. when we navigate the world. Like it's just exhausting. Mm-hmm. My thing though, is that this is a matter of like joy though. Right. So yeah. like you are able to like, you've, you've very appropriately articulated like why that is liberating and it, 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 it like gives you the freedom. But like when you say joy, it's like, I feel really good, you yeah. know? And it's like, do you feel that restricted in the world that, the ability to do that with your people feels that joyful. Is, is that the case or? Yes. Wow. Like I think, um, granted, I don't think about it as much because like we talked about when something is normal to you, you, you're not as present with it. Yeah. Right. So like the restrictions are just my life. Mm. So I'm not always reflecting on it as I am now in conversation with you. But if you ask me like you just did, um, yeah, I think it is that restricting. Wow. Right. That, um, that those moments when you can't, like you don't, realize that like damn this is where I could be my full self and I'm having a great time and I'm loving it because we all like all of my friends have the same same or similar or or we have restrictions they may Mm -hmm. be the same they may be similar but like yeah it is that heavy like I have to think about what it is to be a woman and how I'm representing myself right Mm -hmm. because people already have assumptions about that what it is to be an educator right now in a world that it's a full-on attack on education Mm -hmm. right what it is to be an Af- a Latina right now with everything going on with you know immigration and, and talks about just Latino people in America. What it is, you know, all these different things to be a New Yorker and people have thoughts about that and what it is to be a doctor, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm a doctor, but some people don't, this is not what they envision a doctor would be. So yeah, there are mm-hmm. a lot of restrictions that are put upon me and, and that may truthfully take up more space in my mind than I would realize so yeah, those like those moments where you could just be, those are those are great. It it almost sounds like you're in, I wouldn't say conflict. That might be the wrong word, but in direct. I, I'll go with conflict. You're in direct. Um, you you have to acknowledge in a sense all of those identities, before people get to know who you are. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. that sounds extraordinarily burdensome because you you just mentioned like five or six different things that you feel like present who you are before you even get to say who you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it sounds like that weighs heavily on you because it, 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 it may even be from the case that like you've been consistently judged or prejudged, you know what I mean? Because that, that sounds like it, 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 one would imagine like if you've accomplished all of these things, right, you become a successful Afro Latina young woman from New York, right? And you're a doctor and all these things. And one would say like you would wear those like a badge of honor, but in a lot of ways, it's just other ways that people can classify Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And you acknowledge that. So like for me, it sounds wild that these things that should be accomplishments feel like additional burdens in some way. Yeah, I think that I think there's a lot of truth in what you're saying. Um, because you, you gotta think about this. Like being a woman is one of the greatest things ever, but we we are the underdogs, right, mm-hmm. so to speak. And um, so being conscious of that, right? Also, being a doctor, uh, an academic doctor, I'm 
I fought my way into a club I wasn't supposed to get in. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be easy breezy, right? Not for me with my identity. (laughs) For someone else, sure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think in some ways, you're right, it is exhausting, and it should open things up or maybe make things brighter. But in some ways, it's like, no, because when people picture a medical doctor, academic doctor, I'm sure majority of them do not picture someone who looks like me or has my lived yeah, experiences, absolutely. right? And so that's what you're fighting up against. Like, I know who I am and is a, and I, I'm confident in who I am. But when you enter spaces, you're now going up against other people's views and thoughts mm-hmm. and things like that. So same thing, like when I say I'm a New Yorker, I know what that means. But now because I said that, I open up the floodgates for all that person's thoughts about what that, yeah. like, and our thoughts might not overlap. Like, I might be saying it just like, FYI, from New York. They're like, oh, Lord. Like, yeah. it becomes, now you have to, um, you're playing from behind mm. in some ways, yeah. right? And so, yeah. I, I can definitely sympathize with that. It's almost tragic because it seems like the more you accomplish, the more you have to explain. Yeah, yeah, in some ways, absolutely. Like, um, I wanted to quote Biggie, but it's not necessarily more money, more problems. It's like more success, <laughs> more, more, problems. more problems. Like you know, like more movement, more problems. Yeah. Like um, some some of that. So like, yeah. But I think that's why it's so important to me. You, even in knowing all of that, right? I'm aware enough to know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I still make the choice to be true to myself. So yeah. I still make the choice to show up in these spaces, whether it makes takes more cognitive energy or not, as who I am. Yeah. Like, all right. Um, I talk like this, this how I dress, mm-hmm. this what I'm interested in, and that's it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's almost like, um, it, it's uh, I don't want to say, it's it's poetic in the sense that, like, you recognize that, that, that you said more money, more problems, or more accomplishments, more problems, but it's like the more you do, the, the realms of, like, uh, uh, interest you, you go into, the different people you engage with, and, like, the more you have to explain to some degree. So mm-hmm. that kind of sucks because it's like you never get to the point where you no longer have to explain. Mm-hmm. But conversely, it also sounds like the more you're doing this, the more you're learning about yourself, the more comfortable you are with who you are and, and what you're meant to do in this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all can't see me, but I'm nodding emph- <laughs> em- emphatically. Yeah. yeah, I think, excuse me, as you get... I would hope as we get older, you get more comfortable and you learn more about yourself. But I think as we add more layers to our identity, whether you become a mom, whether you mm-hmm. become a professional or a wife, you have to kind of sit, take pause and be like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Right. So when I became, when I got these, these letters, I had to take pause to be like, what does this mean? And I'm still learning it. But I think at the core it was like, well, I got to continue to be myself. Mm-hmm. I got to find spaces where I feel seen and valued even in this realm of academia and um, look for those. So I think, yeah, I think every time you add another layer to identity, you have to take inventory and take stock of like, all right, what is this? Mm -hmm. How is it impacting me? Um, How can I show up and be my best self? How can I continue to find joy in this new layer of Mm -hmm. identity? Because life changes, right? Like, so you have to figure it out. Like, if you get divorced, who am I now as a divorcee? Who am I now as a dad? Mm -hmm. Who am I now as a widow? Like, different things, life is going to keep life in. And in that, you just got to be like, let me keep reflecting this to make sure I stay true to self. Okay. Well, with that being said, I want to transition to another question. If you think about life being life in and what you've inherited, mm-hmm. who are the people that came before you and what did they teach you? 
You're talking about Big Bev. This <laughs> question is <laughs> a hard question, and and timing of the question is is wild. I know. Mm. Um, the people, uh, the people that came before me, so that inspired me. Like, oh, Thomas. <laughs> Uh, my mother definitely like King my mother. Richard. Yeah, my my mother's an interesting woman, y'all. Like, uh, her, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother. Um. Uh, you know, she came here from DR, from Dominican Republic. Came here being to New York City mm. to, for opportunity, and um, yeah, like th- those people. I really I stand on their shoulders. I stand on the shoulders of some of some of some big giants like my family, mm-hmm. you know, my father uh, before he passed. Like it's just like, yeah, I don't take for granted, right? Like opportunities that were um, created for me, sacrifices mm-hmm. that were made for me, whether mm-hmm. I understood them or not, I can recognize them now. Mm-hmm. But when you think about what you probably took away from those people that you mentioned, right? Like, what are those lessons? Like, what would you say that, like, you were able to look at from their experience and say, I'm going to take this with me and make it my own? Mm, I think the first thing, and I say this often, like, um, nothing worth having comes easy. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, who taught you that? I say all of them, right? Okay. Like, either in their words or in their actions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and take from that what you will. Hard yeah. work, this, that, you know? <laughs> like, um, I think, you know, we gotta, you gotta be able to work hard. And now that varies depending on what you're talking about, but mm-hmm. nothing worth having is gonna come easy, right? It wasn't easy for my grandmother to get into this country, to stay in this country, to survive, not knowing the language, not knowing anyone, not having citizenship, mm-hmm. right? Same thing for my mother, being a teenage mother in New York City in the height of the drug pandemic, mm-hmm. at the epicenter of it in New mm-hmm. York, um, you know, trying to feed her kids. And, you know, and so, I, but she found a way, right? You know, and I think, so I think that's what I've learned from both of them. You know, my mother has done some great things for us. She was able to go back to college and get her degree after all of her kids got their degrees. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was difficult for her, being an adult learner and being out of school so long. So um, I think that's the biggest thing. Nothing worth having comes easy. Um, I think the second thing is confidence, whether you faking it or not. <laughs> like, you know, um, wa- walk in these spaces like you own these spaces, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so um, my grandmother did it. My mother still does it to this day. Like, she has an energy about her, like she run the room. Mm-hmm. And... I've been told sometimes I have that energy mm-hmm. too, and um, sometimes I'll be faking it. I don't <laughs> even know. Like now I'm nervous as hell, but yeah. it, you know it's reading differently to people. So I think those are some of the lessons. I, I would say the interesting part. My father taught me to be kinder mm-hmm. and to laugh and have fun. Like my my mother's kind of the thug was the thug in the relationship, <laughs> you know, and he was the softy. Like you know, let things slide and um, be soft, be fun. Like mm-hmm. let's go, let's go have a water balloon fight. Middle of the day, just yeah. randomly, like and so I, I learned that from him too, um, because I and I think from him it was that he knows how hard life is, yeah, and how hard it will be for us. That it's mm-hmm. like let's just have fun. Yeah. Like let me create space where my kids can just have fun, be kids, that kind of stuff. 
Well, I think what's interesting, and I, I may be um, cheating a little bit because I know you fairly well, mm-hmm. but like, I think what's interesting is that the the chip on your shoulder aspect, the being willing to fight, or not even fight, but being willing to work for what you deserve, that seems to come easily. The the goofy, the silly part of you, the part, like you said, you talk about your father, like that's the part that you usually don't show people until mm. they really get to know you. That's true. And I'm curious as to like why that may be. Like clear, I think people can resonate with hard work. That's what everybody thinks <laughs> is important. Right. But like, why is it that like you have this aspect of yourself that's like the front facing, mm. but like this other, like why is it so hard to get to that other aspect of yourself that you find is so important? I think it's reserved for few. Why? Like, um, I will, and you're you're right. Like I am a very at my core, I'm a very goofy, silly person. Yeah. Um, but I don't always feel like the world is safe to be that goofy, silly okay. person. So like okay. that's why I said it's reserved for some. Um, so it's a safety thing. Then. Yeah, perhaps mm-hmm. um, it's a safety. It's definitely a comfort thing mm-hmm. because like the more comfortable I get with someone, I naturally. Because I think now as adults, when we enter and meet someone new, we come off a little standoffish at first. Like, oh, hi, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Bianca. It's, mm-hmm. it's real generic. Hi, I'm yeah. Bianca. Hi, I'm Thomas. And then you keep it at that. That's yeah. not, I'm not busting out jokes and stuff. Like, yeah. That would be weird, right? I mean, but that's me, though. That is you to a T. <laughs> and that's why you were weird, right? Like, and, and like, but a part of me resonates with you. And, and I think that's why the friendship works because I'm yeah. like, I am I am that okay. right. I'm not that at the outset though. Okay. <laughs> that's that's yeah. you. As soon as you introduce yourself, and I'm like, yeah. nah, we're not doing that. Like, so I think um, maybe in some ways the world and my experiences have hardened me, yeah. so that I only reserve that part. It, that part of me will always be at the core of who I am, but it's reserved for a few. I I find that so interesting too because you're absolutely right. Like I can leave with the goofiness, but I think that me leading with that like uh congenial or like trying to have fun with people element is born out of people pleasing like i used to be really big with people pleasing so that whole like, yeah you open up laughing now. at me yeah exactly <laughs> right a little bit of sharing both ways right so i think that that was something that i had to reconcile within myself that while it was easy for me to do it what didn't always work to my benefit so mm-hmm. like it's like i have to operate like figuring out the best way to do that and reserve that however it's like the inverse issue for you that like there's this part of you that would like to be this, but you recognize the the vulnerability that comes with being more open in that mm-hmm, way. So mm-hmm. that's that's fascinating. And when do you feel like you first like what was it that showed you that there was vulnerability in that? Because, I mean, it seemed mm-hmm. there was I, I'd imagine your father sharing it with you like that was open and free. But like mm-hmm. when did you find out like, oh, I can't do this all the time. I can't share this with people all the time. Uh, I think you realize that as a kid. Okay. Kids are mean. <laughs> and okay. New York kids <laughs> are a different level of mean and rude and like Okay. Um I think you know when you it, you y'all remember growing up. It's hard cuz you want to like look cool and stand and not mm-hmm. be weird and not, you know, not push the envelope in any way. So, I think as teenagers, as kids, you the only focus is not basically not giving any reason for someone to cut into you, right? Absolutely. So I think when you learn that as a kid, you almost have to like unlearn it as mm-hmm. an adult, right? You've seemingly unlearned it, yeah. right? If you ever did do it the other way. But um I was I think I just kept it. I was like, all right, well, 
this world, these people kind of cruel. I don't know them. People don't need to see see that. Like I think, um, I think it's just again for me. It's I never thought about it in the way you said it that there's a vulnerable vulnerability mm-hmm. connected to it. Um, fair, fair point. I think it's more so like it's a it's a comfort in that over time as as relationships progress, um, mm-hmm. as I get more comfortable as we, as me and another person gets more comfortable, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, and if we don't get there, that's okay too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I'm not, I, I'm not advocating that you need yeah. to share that with everybody, yeah. but I just think that there's something to be said about, you know, they say that the only healthy way to deal with trauma is to give it purpose. And that mm. we usually when we're protective of aspects of ourselves is because we've experienced some trauma associated with that. It's right. So point. I think yeah. that reconciling, what that is you know for me like i said i was a big people pleaser um so the idea of entertaining or making people laugh and all of that it it felt like a comfort for me Mm -hmm. but then i recognized at some point that i I don't want to be a fool like i don't want to be looked at as like just a court jester or Mm -hmm, whatever mm -hmm. so i had to figure out what are the ways that i can use that strategically to convey like my most authentic self that's not just me relying on wanting to make people feel comfortable right? right for you it seems like that goofy element of who you are is so uh vul- it's such a vulnerability to who you are and like a comfort of where you are that like the exterior of like let me put on my rough and tough like my, my tim version of who i am that's the that's the like that's the shield so you got to work your way to this other person that i am so mm-hmm. it's like the inverse i agree like that's a beautiful way to put it because like my sister, who obviously knows me really well, yeah. she calls me um, Patrick from SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> yeah. because yeah, I know Patrick is kind of he kind of off. He be yeah. off. He kind of silly. He's he, SpongeBob. Yeah, that is that is me. <laughs> yeah. Like once you get to know me, and like um, yeah, but I do think the uh, other elements of me are what I lead with. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I lead with like. An educator, I lead with, like, you know, pretty polished. Yeah, and I think it would, because those things, I think, in some ways, can't be disputed. Like you Correct. said, kids can be cruel, right? And so adults, can adults can be even crueler. I was just, yeah, adults can be cruel, but you can't, <laughs> more cruel. you can't be cruel, exactly, more <laughs> cruel, but you can't be, you can't dispute a PhD or yeah. a, a doctoral degree, mm-hmm. right? You can't dispute the things that you've accomplished. And it, it sounds like it's easier to stand on those things in it a way is. that feels comfortable than it is to show that side of you that can be open for scrutiny. Correct. Right. Because uh, my personality is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it may not jive with some people, but and so people have opinions about that. This other stuff is not open to it. Like you just said so beautifully, it's not open to opinion or interpretation. It is what it is. It's fact. Yeah. Where, you know, like. I really enjoy this. And it's yeah. like, well, I don't, you know? And so it, yeah, I think it's just, it, it makes things for me a lot clearer to navigate. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I keep these boundaries here for a reason and, and they help me. Yeah. yeah. I, I would, I would, I don't want to say I would argue, but I would offer that. I think that usually whenever you're trying to navigate clear boundaries like you're trying to like put things in an appropriate box it's to avoid any unexpected outcomes Mm -hmm. and typically when that involves people that usually results in feelings right so like Mm. if i deal with you based on these things that i feel confident myself about i know that you respect 
then the way that we'll deal with each other will always be in a comfortable way that I'm okay with. But the moment I start to interject pieces that you can judge and that I don't have control of how you see, there's some vulnerability there. Sure. So like, I think that's fair. Do you feel like there's ever been moments where not sharing more of that part of yourself may have held you back? Mm. Um, maybe in past romantic relationships, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I don't think people want to feel like they're dating an educator. They want to feel like they're dating me, right? That's why so I'm I, single. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I think, God. right, um, that was Tom putting, Thomas putting out a, a, a pitch for himself, y'all. No, I'm good. Um, so, like, I think people don't want to feel like they're dating a polished yeah. person all the time. So, yeah, perhaps they felt like they couldn't relate to me. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know, but... um. I wouldn't even say those are many instances. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think there's a potential that some people probably felt like, oh, I think of it in the professional sense. Yeah, so, Mm -hmm. like, I'm thinking back. I've had people say, people of color that I've worked with in the past say they don't relate to me. They're like, Mm -hmm. I don't really talk to her that much and don't relate to me because they had, because I come off a way, a preconceived idea of who Mm -hmm. I was. I wasn't relatable. I was disconnected from the culture, to use Mm -hmm. the words they use. And I'm like, now I'm actually in the pocket of the culture. I just don't, this isn't the place and space for me to show that. Yeah, I, I think that that's the thing, too, because when you were saying that, like, Oh, well, you know, in in romantic relationships, I could see that. But what I was curious of is regardless of what other people thought about how they were receiving your personality is is spaces where you saw clearly like if I would have done this, maybe that would have been. Oh, that's fair. No, Okay. I don't have I don't I can't think of. No, I can't think of anything. Yeah, even. Even, I know you're asking me my thoughts, but mm-hmm. reflecting on even the situation where I've been told that I didn't open up, I, didn't, I still stay ten toes down on it. Like, yeah. I still wouldn't have changed it. What about creatively, though? What do you mean? In terms of, like, looking at the way that you either do your work or live your life or even think about who you want to be, that creative side of you. That, so, because as an advocate for Silly, mm. I think that that's, that is, like, the, the creative juices. That's what's born out of that. So, like, if you're not open with that all the time, it could mm-hmm. potentially be limiting, I yeah. guess. And, and, and I'm making a presumption. Yeah. So that's why I'm asking you, True. like, do you think that, like... Very presumptuous. Yes, very presumptuous. But, like, do you think from a creativity standpoint and, and just thinking about who you are, what you're capable of, what's meant for you, mm. has having that disposition maybe been limiting if you've not embraced that? No. Okay. I think um, because when I'm alone with myself, I am my goofy, silly self. Okay. So that, that creativity does come out in anything I create. And I create. Mm-hmm. Because just because I don't show it to the world, I'm very much in it with myself. Mm-hmm. So if I'm producing something, that production, that outcome has me in it in mm-hmm. all aspects of who I am. Mm-hmm. Right? So I don't think it's limited me in that way. I think, um, sure, maybe I could lean into it more. But it's still in everything I produce. Right? Like okay. when I engage with kids, when I engage with people, like I... I know how to do these things, um, so no, I don't. I can't. I can't say that it has. If you feel like it's in there, I, I would agree. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I, I don't think as long as you feel like it's still represented, of course, and who you are. Yeah. I, I just think that like when you say that, or when we joke about like not everybody getting access to that, right? Yeah, like yeah. I think that there's a degree of that. That what if they did? 
my, the question is like the what if, right? Like I'm not saying they should, mm-hmm. but what if, what would that, does that present a new outcome? Does that present different possibilities? Mm. If people knew you professionally as silly, Mm. Is that something see, you just grimaced? Like. I did. I did. <laughs> because I don't think I think the space in which I navigate that wouldn't serve me. Okay. To know me to associate me with silly. Not to associate you with silly. That might be going too far, but to know that that's part of your disposition. Yeah, I don't you think don't it like would serve that. me. I I, okay. I don't like it because it's not as new to foreign to me. Yeah. But also I think just because of where I'm situated and academia it wouldn't serve me right i'm already a black woman and now people think you're I'm abso- silly you're right you're absolutely <laughs> right that that's why i think that it becomes so you know where i stand on all of this philosophical stuff i yeah. think purpose is derived out of who you are what you're meant like what brings you joy and it's combined with the skill set i yeah. think you clearly know what you're skillful at but I, I i'm curious if like this element of being silly has some type of like alchemistic like value that you haven't embedded in like the rest of your work that might because it, it, it would be one thing if you didn't feel like this was part of who you were yeah it's another thing if you feel like it is but it's not yeah. it's not able to be applied to your work it, it's maybe in the roots of it mm-hmm. but you can't front face yeah with that piece of you and I'm, I'm just curious if you ever felt like like just what if you know what I mean because like I'm not proposing that you be anything other than who you are mm-hmm. if anything it's like what if you were the full version of you what would that mm-hmm. even look like I think um, it is infused like as I was saying anything that mm-hmm. I produce has it in it it is yeah. infused it's, there's degrees to this Absolutely. right so like at work I supervise a team my team has seen more of my personality okay. right like they haven't seen the degree to which like my like you have or my sister or my best friends have, mm-hmm. but they know I'm not just a supervisor. When they've seen that piece of your personality, what is their reaction? They they meet me, right? They they match me with their personality. Do you appreciate that? Absolutely. So that's why I said I don't there's degrees to it. Um and I had to build a comfort with them too. I didn't come out the gate as their supervisor mm-hmm. like you know, knock knock. <laughs> like you know, you heard that laugh. That's like, part of what I'm talking like, about. <laughs> I didn't come. I didn't come out the gate to that with yeah. them. No, yeah. I came out just like like the polished version, getting to know them, and then over time, I wanted to get them. I wanted. I felt comfortable showing myself, and then you know, true leadership. You know, you have to lead it, lead mm-hmm. and show it, and they started to show more of themselves. But again, that's even to a point, right? That's, that's what I'm curious about. It's like that I did you keep saying to a point and it sounds like someone is or something some infrastructure is prefixed that there's a limit to what you can do in terms of that silliness and work. That you feel we, we at work I, I agree <laughs> I agree we at work I agree. and we're not friends all right that that's also true we're colleagues I agree with both of those points <laughs> but like my thing is subtract those things right remove yeah. and I'm getting ahead of my questions but if you were to remove those elements is there a part of you that looks at that as an opportunity or you haven't even envisioned who you could be without those inhibitors? I, I don't, I, you know, I don't see it. I don't think you could be a stand up comedian. No, <laughs> like, I'm funny. Exactly. But like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like there's but, so many, yeah, I think, so your questions are becoming a little leading. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> not trying to get you to go to right, comedy. Um, go ahead. But, uh, I think, I think, People who know me know I'm 
at my core, I'm not just this polished. Like, I'm fun. I'm this stuff. But I think, I don't think it inhibits me. I think it is me. Like, let me ask you this. You, in most of these moments, when you've talked about like exposing people to that part of you, yeah, you've prefaced it by saying people who know me, once they warmed up to me, once I know yeah, them more, once I warmed up to them. What I'm, what I'm saying <laughs> is that, exactly. What I'm saying is that, is there any part of you that wonders what you would be like if it didn't require that? Like, if you were able to bring your full self into these moments, like, and what that result would yield? I'm not I, saying it would be good or bad. I'm right. just curious if, just if you ever thought about that. I just don't think it would be, I don't think it would serve me. Okay. I, go, I keep landing on that. Like, if I just led with a class clown, because that's what, that's what I'm coming out with. Like, if I led, like, as a court gesture, to use yeah. the word, like, if I led every interaction like that, mm-hmm. I think in the end it wouldn't be good for me. I think it... Yeah, but it, you're also, you're also... Um, making you're 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 uh you're you're making what i'm saying way bigger i'm saying you're saying lead as a jester right i'm not saying lead i'm saying bring that with you so like i'm not and again just as much as you're professional mm-hmm. you make sure like when you show up you make sure that like you're professional as hell yeah, yeah. you're like i'm bringing that element with yeah. me what i'm saying is that there's this other part of you that's silly goofy yeah, funny yeah. whatever right what if that was as much with you as the professional side? Is there any part of you that's ever looked at? What if I blended these concepts together? Who am I? If 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 that's authentic to who I and am, and that's what I guess we're we're saying the same thing. Yeah. I'm saying it is me. Okay, I lead in these interactions. I go in like that, but I'm still myself, and myself is still that person. Oh, okay, I see what you're so saying. So like I, they're gonna get different degrees of it but mm. i don't go in there and be stiff no okay. i go in there and i'm still myself okay but i'm not going in like i'm not i'm not turning it into stand-up usually okay. when i'm giving a presentation yeah but do i infuse my personality be like all right like you know it's still me in a light-hearted mm-hmm. s- some may say silly way but it's yeah so i, I we're saying the same thing okay in a way. like I, think- I i don't ever think i would i guess what you may be asking is, I don't think I'll ever get to a point where I, that's the majority of how I lead when I meet someone. No, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I don't think that would serve me. And I think it okay. wouldn't be. It also would be misleading because I'm not going to be that way all the time. Okay. <laughs> like, I guess the the fun that I'm having thinking about this is a, an environment because I think you're still framing what I'm offering in a real world context, right? Because if you came in yeah. as like a, a, a the silly side of you, that's not going to be potentially welcomed in your environment but what i'm saying is like what if it like what if the circumstances were perfect and it could be have you even considered like what the ultimate version the final form of a bianca could be if you could show up as like your unique if you wanted to you may not even want i, to was be gonna, I don't think i do okay and that's i think fair. these are the conversations <laughs> these are the concepts we'd be having yeah. i don't necessarily want okay. to i Okay. I really like the way I show up that, in spaces. I was here, here like to say I, that. I like that. I li- there's nothing that I want to change because if there were, I would change it. Absolutely. And I think I show up in most spaces as my most authentic self, taking in the context. Right. I always have mm-hmm. to take into account the context. Um, and yeah, so I don't think there is something I want to change. I I would completely agree with that. Or I I can I I would say I would acquiesce to that point. The only thing that I'll say is that you said if there was anything about yourself that you wanted to change, you would change it. Mm-hmm. Perfectly acceptable mm-hmm. answer. My thing is that the things that we say, if I look at a part of myself and I say that isn't good in these circumstances, mm-hmm. then I'll always think that until I shift that dynamic, right? And I'm not saying you need to be more silly in work. I'm mm-hmm. just saying what if. 
And the only reason I'm saying what if isn't because I want you to be more so. It's because I know that that's an intrinsic part of who you are. So it's it's curious. It's a curiosity exercise for me to think about, like, okay, what if this person, whoever they are, can be all of these things devoid of circumstance? Yeah. What would that even look like? And if it's not a desirable person, fine. Yeah, yeah. But if it could be, we don't even get to imagine that if we never think about it, right? If we never believe it's possible, then you can't even begin to think about what it even look could look like. That's that's what I guess I'm saying. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think that I I I'm following, but yeah. I think it's just so foreign. It's yeah. so foreign. It's not necessarily something I desire, right? Because I don't. I show I. I don't show up lighthearted and silly in the way that you do. No, right? absolutely, absolutely. But I, but I do show up in a way that is true to me, mm-hmm. right? And for that, I'm comfortable and I'm yeah. okay. Like, yeah. So like you, you do it in a different way, and I'm like, all right, that's Thomas, and I accept that. Absolutely. Right? I accept it and I understand it, and I do it in my way, and I'm okay with that too. So yeah, there's not a desire. Absolutely. But what I will offer is that even though I show up as maybe more jovial and lighthearted. I constantly think about the fact that that's not always going to work. Yeah. That there are parts of me that needs to be like, I think about, you know, I, li- I listen to books about 50 cent and like his experience and mm-hmm. the fact that like when people joke about him, uh, they say like he didn't smile in this meeting or he didn't do this. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's elements, there's value in being more stoic, being more reserved, not being as jovial, not being a silly guy all the time. So I'm constantly thinking about like, how do I, refine that aspect of me because I know that like this is what's yeah. comfortable there's this element of me that's uncomfortable with this I need yeah, to do that yeah so I guess I'm proposing the same I was trying to propose the same question to you in the verse yeah. like you have these parts of you that are like so steeped in in validity like mm-hmm. they've been they've been shown to have value because they either are titled yeah. or they're part of what you've developed in yourself through your own education what does that other aspect look like? And if that, if That's you haven't considered question. that, I, yeah. I haven't, I haven't, yeah. I, I don't, I haven't considered it. I don't know what that would look like. I don't know if I want to do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Right? It like, may so, not even be a thing. Yeah. yeah like, um, I think there are some aspects of myself. I take this back when I said, if I wanted to change, like there are aspects of myself surely that I want to change, but this isn't one. Okay. That's fine. I guess it's I'll just the that. one I'm curious the, about. The, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the one you're most curious about because it, it most closely relates to you and your interest. Yes, that's hey, what I'm saying. You got me. You I'm got like, me. I'm like, gotcha. see, see, he's leading. That's why I was like, he cares about this because it's it, it's him. It's what he cares about. There are aspects of me I want to change. I want to make the whole world silly. This ain't it. Like he want me out here like <laughs> like. Like, I want to make the whole world silly. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, moving on to the next <laughs> question. What is something that you think you're good at? Mm. This is at the forefront of my mind. Yeah. I think I'm really good at. Okay, now. Whoa, yeah, whoa, gotta add doing? emphasis. <laughs> um, I would say. I, I would say I'm I'm really good at having difficult conversations. Okay. And it this has happened this has been a topic of conversation for me uh lately with a lot of people and that's why it's like the first thing I say because I really think I don't always know if the conversation goes well, but I do not hesitate to bring it up and mm. I uh have a comfort with them, mm-hmm. right? Where most people steer clear of those conversations cuz it's uncomfortable. And I'm not saying I'm not uncomfortable. 
but my my thought process is the need to ha- to have the conversation mm-hmm. outweighs my discomfort mm. because having the conversation brings a level of clarity mm-hmm. that serves all people involved mm-hmm. for better or for worse yeah clarity is better or worse that is true so i think i've been told that recently um that bianca you know you're really good at having difficult conversations and that's not a skill that everybody has mm-hmm. um but it's been a skill that I've cultivated. I didn't come out the womb ready to be like, yeah. well, talk to me about why you said you hate my, my <laughs> race. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, you know, so I would say I'll start I'll start there. That's something I think I'm going to have. What do you why do you think that is though? Like I, like that's a very interesting skill to feel like you possess. Yeah. Um I think it's one that's just come out in a, in a lot of intimate relationships, so intimate being with family, friends and and romantic. Um and honestly, getting real deep to the root of it, I think it comes from anxiety. Mm-hmm. I, I'm an anxious person, and clarity reduces my anxiety. I was just about to, I didn't want to offer that, but that was what I was thinking is that for somebody who appreciates like clarity, that's usually why that is, right? Like it, it, it gets to the root of things, and you'd rather do, you said it in your answer. I'd like, rather know, I'd rather know than not. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think whether other people recognize it or not, it would serve them too. How do you think you over, like, what do you do that you think you're overcoming that most people can't though? Because you clearly recognize that that's a difficult thing, but you're jumping over something that's a hurdle for a lot of people. I think uh, people don't want to, I think in having a difficult conversation, there's a, there's a couple different things you gotta do even prior to the conversation, right? There's a certain level of self-awareness that mm-hmm. people may not want to sit in, uh, a certain level of re- reflection that's needed, um, asking yourself the deep questions and answering them. Like, I'm not going to lie, having this conversation with you is a little difficult. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm enjoying it, mm-hmm. but it's work, right? Yeah. And so people may not want to do that work. And mm-hmm. you have to do that before you even enter into the conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. And then in entering into the conversation, there's a level of vulnerability there to mm-hmm. say, like, hey, I want to talk to you about this. Or, hey, we need to talk. We need to address this, mm-hmm. right? Like, now you look like, oh, you you really care. You, you yeah. it, It's a level of vulnerability associated with it. And um, there's risk. Mm-hmm. This conversation could go well. It could not go well. And I could say the wrong thing. I could yeah. say the right thing. Yeah. And so it's better to say nothing <laughs> than to, you know, so... I think that's what people are dealing with when when the opportunity comes and they're like, nah. So like, that's why I think you see a lot of people ghost. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of people uh, people pleasers. Like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, everything's fine. It ain't fine. Yeah. My thing though is like, you recognize that those are challenges, and you almost I don't want to say effortlessly, but you you walk over those. Mm. Where do you think that comes from? Like your ability to mitigate those challenges. Like, there's a lot of steps along that journey of getting to the bottom of something where you could stop or one might stop and for all the reasons you mentioned yet you don't yeah um i think i've all i don't know i don't i don't know for certain what because i see all of them as challenges i'm not naive Mm -hmm. and i feel it like i'm saying i people have always you you good at doing it and i'm like but that does not mean i'm not uncomfortable mm-hmm. or I feel awkward too. Yeah. I feel all the same human emotions anyone feels. Yeah. Right. But I think I've all, I think what has helped me is I've reconceptualized difficult conversations to be a labor of love. Mm. For me, if 
I care about you, I'm willing to put my anxiety and discomfort aside Mm -hmm. so we can have clarity. Mm. So it is a labor of love in my mind because I'm not going to sit here and act like I never just ghosted someone. I've done Mm -hmm. that too, but that's, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I don't care how you receive this. Mm -hmm. I don't care about your feelings. But when you care about a person's feelings or you care about... Not even I won't even make it feelings. If you care about the the relationship or the interaction, because mm-hmm. you know at work too, you can take even the friend. Like if I care enough about this, like how we work together or how we do mm-hmm. things, the clarity will help us in moving forward, yeah. right? For better or for worse. Yeah. I want to emphasize that. But no matter what, the clarity is helpful. So I see it as a labor of love. So I do recognize it is indeed labor, yeah. but it's labor that I think serves all people. And for me. It's the labor that I choose instead of the labor of wondering what would have happened if I spoke up. Yeah, and I think that that's I can appreciate it being a you viewing it as a labor of love, and I see like it's clear benefit for all parties involved. I think that what's also incumbent is the fact that like if you didn't do that, which is why how things usually go is like people don't address things, it just festers. Yes, you know what I mean. Like so. The fact that you're willing to take on this responsibility, and I wouldn't say an effortless way because you said it's, it's challenging. Not, yeah. I think that it still speaks to like some deeper need in you for wanting something in that, right? Like, mm-hmm. regardless if like you see all of these benefits, it's still fueling some need in you for something Absolutely. when you do it that way versus the other way. I think. Like, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. I was I was just going to offer and just Please. give you some time to think about it. It's like. When I, if I, if I would say that in the past, if I didn't bring something up, it was because out of a people pleaser mentality, I didn't want to ruffle the boat and, or ruffle any feathers. And it was easier to deal with things, even if I was uncomfortable as they were, than it was to deal with change. And I think in some ways, it sounds like for you, it's, it's easier to, to, you need in some ways to address what you're seeing and have the other person address what you're seeing as opposed to ignoring it. And I'm curious as to like why yeah. that, like, because it's not default. It's mm-hmm. not like you have to, you're choosing to do this. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's exactly me to a T. Like I was just having this conversation with my sister actually literally an hour before I came <laughs> here and that once something's on my mind, it's on my chest, I got to get it off. Mm. Right. And, um, a lot of the the because I also know like difficult conversations usually whatever I'm observing and noticing the other person is observing and noticing mm-hmm. too and they're choosing not to, to acknowledge yeah. it right like we're all human Absolutely. and if you have a certain level of awareness and intellect you peeping what I'm peeping too yeah. and um, I think maybe my confidence and growing up and growing up in New York gives me the ability to, to kind of hurdle over those barriers to mm-hmm. be like, all right, I'm uncomfortable and I'm still going to move forward mm-hmm. uh, because I've been uncomfortable in a lot of spaces in my life. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think <laughs> my, des- cause my desire for clarity, like the, the, when something is on my mind and it's festering, I hate that feeling. Yeah. And I hate that feeling more than being uncomfortable and having a difficult conversation. Mm. Like that anxiety of just like, it's sitting on your chest. It feels like a weight I wouldn't wish on anyone. It, it almost like what I would. I'm not equating it fully to because the circumstances could be different. But to me, it almost sounds because there's diff, like what you're describing is like not being understood. But there's this element of like respect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think 
us tiptoeing around, like I said, if both all parties and people notice this, us tiptoeing around it is not gonna magically make a healthy friendship. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's something here that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And I think I would rather take the risk to be like, let's try and address it. Mm-hmm. See where everybody is, right? Because mm-hmm. that'll let you know where people's where people heads at. There's yeah. no more me wondering. There's no more me overthinking, mm-hmm. which I tend to do. It's nah. I'm noticing this. What are you feeling? How can mm-hmm. we move forward? I just think it helps all people so that you can invest in the people who invest in you. Yeah. You can know how to move. You can act with respect. Yeah. Right. Everything else just feels like what are we doing? One could argue, and I'm not trying to beat a dead horse but one could argue the same could be said about you being silly like if you yeah, I should were... see my face <laughs> him and his silly stuff no i'm just saying like if you like because in a, in a sense you're saying that if we clear the air on these particular issues then we can operate more efficiently yes That's exactly so one could argue that if you offer the silly version of you, then you could operate more efficiently too. If you wanted to. Now we've argued, we've agreed that you don't see the applicability in doing that in every situation. So I'm not saying you should, but I'm just saying it's it's interesting because you're picking almost in some ways the things that you will tolerate and you won't when it comes to like how you pre- how yourself is presented to the world. Like respect. Like you will not uh, tolerate any disrespect. Mm. I get that, mm. but situations where you feel like you can't be silly, you're willing to tolerate that mm. because you don't see your silliness as, as valuable to certain circumstances. That element of who you are, it may not just, it may not be important to I, what's going on. I don't think it's that. I think for me, it's contextual. Okay. I've made sense of like, silliness is contextual, just like I'm competitive. My why, competitiveness is contextual. But why is silliness? Respect be, is not contextual. Maybe, but my thing is if we if we are working it's towards being able to, yeah if we are working towards being able to show up as ourselves and who we are in all elements and maybe i'm overemphasizing how much you value your silliness i think so, you because I, I like you are silliness. over really oh, I'm, I'm projecting <laughs> overstating this question i love silliness <laughs> and i want you to be more silly but I, I i just think about that because and even if you don't see silliness as the value you want to take like the, the hill you want to die on I think there's just something to be said about the thing, how we pick and choose our battles. Mm. And I think that you are more than willing to like go into any battle where your respect is on the line. Mm -hmm. It's an easy, it's an easy, you can advocate, like you don't even need to like justify why it's just like, I, if that's on the line, I know what I need to do. But these other dimensions of your identity that may not be as applicable to maybe your own version of success or whatever, it seems like you're willing to kind of be okay with those being pushed to like the edges. And no. I could be presumptuous. I, I think it is. I think you are being a little presumptuous. There we go. I don't think they're pushed to the edge at all. Okay. That's what I, 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 I think what you're missing, I'm gonna offer this to you as the I host. I'm always listening. Uh, Thomas, Tom, <laughs> uh, for these purposes. Yeah. Um, is that I, I am showing up as my full self, silly, confident, hardworking. Okay. It doesn't look like how you want it to look. It doesn't manifest in a way that I think you have a preconceived idea of how it should manifest. Well, I would I would only disagree with the sense that like I don't have an idea. I'm asking you. Yeah. So if you're saying that those things don't, if you're saying that they do show up, then yeah. I have to trust that. Right. You right. Because I, mean? I I think yeah. they do. Like I they show up in a way that's comfortable for me and comfortable for the setting okay. in which I'm in. Because I will say if even silliness aside, if there was a space that I couldn't fully be myself and mm-hmm. all that I am. 
I wouldn't stay in that space mm, long. Okay. You can trust that. All right. Because that's me. I okay. wouldn't stay in that space. If there was an element of myself that felt repressed or I'm not staying there long. Okay. Or I'm not staying with that person long. I'm not, you know, different I can things. definitely yeah. respect it. Well, I appreciate you making that clear because yeah, yeah. that was something that I was, like, curious about and thinking about this. And, like, it wasn't that I'm, like, advocating for people to be more silly. It's just that I'm advocating. Really? <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. I'm advocating for people to bring their full selves to mm-hmm. whatever spaces they inhabit because I don't, I don't see... I don't see any purposeful work when you're not maximizing your uniqueness. Absolutely. And I, and I got, finally had to make sense of what you were trying to get to mm-hmm. just then. Cause I was like, why do he keep harping on this? And mm-hmm. so that's why I wanted to double down there. Like yeah. you can trust that if there's a space or an individual that I can't be my full self with, I'm not staying there long. Mm, okay. That's yeah. good to know. So what are you afraid of? That's my next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. Um, <laughs> I don't want to tell my real phobias and things because then people be all in your business. That's um, fair. That's fair what enough. What am I afraid of? <laughs> I don't know. I, I have. It's I, a I don't New know. York ass answer. I don't. I, I, I def have fears, but the the irrational ones I'm not gonna share with y'all because y'all in my business. <laughs> um, and then, and then. Um, the other one that I would say, I feel like it's just so heavy for me right now that I'm not going to say. I understand. understand. That's okay. Yeah. When you, but what is it about, like, let's just talk about fear in general then. Okay, yeah, let's do that. What's the role that, like, fear plays for you? How do you react to it? Oh, my God. Um, I think it has two, there's two potentials here. It can stifle and stop me, or it could drive me, mm-hmm. right? Like... I think about when I moved to Pittsburgh, I was scared as hell. I was scared. I was anxious. Um, it was a calculated risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just talking about this yesterday with my best friend, who's more of a free spirit. Like, I'll figure it out. I'm not that. If I'm taking risks, they need to be calculated. Mm-hmm. And so, but I was scared. And so, I think, but it didn't stop me from doing it. I was fearful, but I was like, we leaning into this. Okay. Um, but there have other, been other times where I've been scared. And I fall back. Mm. So that tends to be how I can respond to fear. Like, um, we all experience it. I think it's a, a hu- natural human emotion. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, what I find so interesting about it is that at, at, at the root of a lot of our actions and inaction is fear. But we don't often realize That's that. why I asked the question. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Now he wants props. He like, well, I realize it, and that's why I asked it as a question. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> like, did y'all hear him? How smug he was? Well, I do realize that. Hence, hence, why it's a question, Bianca. I just Fair, no, I didn't tell it, but no, to your point, like, go ahead. But uh, for those of us who aren't Thomas Rainey, whatever, yeah. <laughs> we don't often realize at the root of a lot of our actions or inaction, yeah, is fear. Yeah. What what I would ask is that like what's the difference between those two fears though right like you said there are times where you would either it'll drive you or motivate you kind of chip on the shoulder mentality and there's times where it stifles you like what's the the difference? Um, maybe what I stand to lose, what the what the object is, like what you know, what <laughs> element of that risk is tapping into me like mm-hmm. into what you know what part of me i'm like oh okay that's agitating something that mm. feels that don't feel good yeah. or it's like nah that's that's reasonable i could do it like mm-hmm. i think it depends on that 
are there moments where you feel like let's talk about the times where I'm assuming you saying it taps into something you are and you're like a little hesitant. That's those are the moments where you maybe want to be a little bit more inclined. Are there moments where you've overcome that? And if so, like, what is it that motivated you to do that? That feeling of like wanting to be reserved, but you realize you had to act type of thing. Say it again for me. So like if you recognize like there's these two responses to fear, like mm-hmm. it drives you to want to do something or it stifles you. Yeah. Are there times where you felt like you wanted to be stifled, but you've overcome that anyway because you know you needed to or and if so, like why? Um, yeah, I think there have been times and I think it's because I remind myself nothing worth having comes easy. Uh. Right. And I also remind myself that. You from New York. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, there's nothing you can't do. Yes. And again, like I was saying from my family, like sometimes it's a false bravado, it's a false confidence, mm-hmm. but it helps, right? To get through those moments where you're scared. Like, I, I'm i not comfortable. So the things often when I'm stifled and I power through it is like, I'm uncomfortable with the idea that this component, this element stopped me from doing something. Mm. Right? And... I won't say I always win. I don't always win that battle, Mm -hmm. but I'm uncomfortable with it. And sometimes that's enough to push me, force me to be like, we're going to try. We're going to try. That's what you're saying. That that makes a lot of sense. It's like when you recognize that, like, whatever this fear is, even though I could be comfortable not doing or acknowledging it, it's keeping me from something I want. It is. And I'm not comfortable with that. And Mm -hmm. so, like, often I will try. And again, I don't want to sit here like I'm high and mighty. Fear does win sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. You, it might be nine and two, yeah. <laughs> you know. That's a hell but, of a record. <laughs> 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 but, 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 um, I, 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 at certain times, I'm like, I'm gonna go ahead and push through it, yeah. Like, and push through all the feelings that come with it. All right. So, and with that said, I mean, the, hopefully, the idea of you pushing through this fear is you becoming someone you want to be. Yeah. Who is the? Who do you see yourself as? Who's the super scion? I'm saying it like you say it. <laughs> no, don't don't try to check that so people think you say that's how he say it. Wrong. That's not how I say it. What is the final form of Bianca? Like what do you who do you want to become? Oh, that's such a beautiful question. I got a little emotional when you asked that. That's yeah. such a beautiful question because I think I don't even know if I know. Mm. Right? I think that I think it's maybe my eyes started to well. I think that's it's right. just such a beautiful who knows, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, as I'm growing and learning more and meeting more people and experiencing life, I don't even know. Like, I, I think I have thoughts on what I want my final, on what some of it may encompass. Mm-hmm. But to know, I think I'm going to be equally as surprised. Because yeah. Bianca now at 34, if you would have asked Bianca at 18, wow. Like, mm-hmm. you know, me and my friends talk about all the time. My friends who I've known, I've had longstanding friendships and I'm blessed Mm -hmm. to be like girl we went 17 you think we would be like I would be shocked Mm -hmm. so I think I want to be happy Mm -hmm. I see I hope I'm happy um I hope I'm making a difference in the lives of the most marginalized and vulnerable people in our society Mm. I don't know I don't necessarily care how I'm making that difference and making change but I hope I'm doing that or Mm -hmm. have done it um in some way shape or form um, I'm in a committed relationship. I'm yeah. married. I'm, you know, a mother. I see that as something God willing for me. Um, I'm happy. Um, I'm spending quality time with friends and family. Like, as much as like I have this 
this degree, I don't have aspirations of having a role that takes me away from the people mm-hmm. and the hobbies that I love. Okay. Absolutely not. Absolutely. So I think I, I, I see myself with balance. I see myself as happy and balanced, um, adding more layers to my identity in terms of motherhood, potentially mm-hmm. wifedom, mm-hmm. Um, for more friendships, cultivating those, continuing to cultivate those, and being an advocate and a change agent. Mm. Those are some of the elements. So with all of that said, given that we've kind of went through this whole spiel of divulging and engaging who you are, mm-hmm. if I were to ask you again, who are you after that whole conversation, how would you answer that question again? Mm. You can answer it the same way. That's fine. So I don't know, Tom. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really want to say that, but... You said everybody else said it. Everybody uh, does at some point. But I do know. I just want to be, I don't know, Tom. I appreciate for the, the sound tag, bite, though. y'all. I appreciate the sound um, bite. <laughs> so, who, who am I? I? I think a more simpler answer comes to mind is that I'm someone out here trying to figure it out. Mm. I'm trying to figure it out like the rest of y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm using what's in my toolkit and experiences I've garnered to help me figure it out. Um, That's it. I think that's fascinating, too, because it sounds like, you know, when you started this conversation, you said, like, I am, and you mentioned these parts of your identity, and then you ended by saying, like, I'm just trying to figure it out. But it's not as if that answer in the beginning doesn't matter because those are parts of your toolkit. That's the tool, exactly. Yeah, they're in your toolkit. So it's like, it almost seems like you've recognized, I don't want to say you've recognized, I don't want to pretend I gave you an epiphany, but (laughs) it's this idea that, there's still so much more that you want to acquire yeah, along this journey. Absolutely. I think my question, my response to your question initially was the typical Bianca question and, and a response and being very pragmatic and mm-hmm. saying things. And now it's become a bit more abstract than that. I'm just trying to figure it out mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, I am, mm-hmm. you know, like both of my responses are the same. They just are from a different vantage point. Absolutely. Right. And I think, if I've learned nothing else, and one of my, I got a shout out to my homie Chris who said this, as we were kids, we always strive for clarity and black and white, but as you get older, you realize that adulthood and growing up is really just inherently gray. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. all in it just trying to figure out what it yeah. is. That's that's one of the things I tell people all the time. Like, I don't, I try not to take things personal because everybody's just trying to figure it out. That's it. Like. No matter what someone's doing, they're just doing their best. And, and that's a hard thing to understand. But when you do, there's a certain serenity that comes over you. Like, you don't feel like the world's against you. You just feel like things are yeah. happening and you got to make the best of it. So That's pretty commendable that mm-hmm. you have that mindset because I, I, I think it is. I would imagine it's very freeing because not many people can offer that level of grace and understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's the only reason I'm able to do it is because if I'm honest with myself and the, and the decisions that I've made over my the, the course of my life, like there have been moments where like I can say in my head that, oh, I'm doing the right thing, but the other person didn't feel like that, right? And I think that that happens a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can understand that for yourself, you have to be able to understand that for others. And it, to be honest, it, it for me, it really just helped me be willing to let go of things. Mm-hmm. Because when you think things are personal, it almost gives you this re- this uh, revenge mentality. Like you got to get back at yeah. things, or you got to correct for some injustice that was done to you. But when you recognize that, you know, a, a pebble was thrown in the river, and the ripples went this way, and that life just happens, mm. and 
you ran into this person, yada, yada, yada. It's like, well, what I was meant to do mostly from this is learn. And if I can do that, then I'm able to move forward a lot more gracefully without carrying this trauma or whatever with me, you know, like. That's hard work, though. Like, I think the ability to tap into empathy and not internalize and personalize other people's behaviors. Mm -hmm. If more people could do that, we probably would have a different society. Yeah. (laughs) But that speaks to how difficult it is, right? To not personalize and internalize someone else's actions and often not for often not for the healthiness of the yeah. relationship but to the detriment to be like yeah. they don't they like me or they yeah. you know um but so it, it's it's not an easy feat to be offering grace mm-hmm. and understanding and empathy like that but i think it's a it's dope one of the things i keep saying one of the things but what i what i think about a lot and i think i told you this once is that no matter how much something upsets you if you hate something too much you end up becoming it and I think that always kind of like probes in the back of my mind. Like when I look at other people's behaviors and I, I have the audacity to think that like the bad things in the world are only happening to me, you become someone who you don't want to be. You become mm. the, like, it, it's, and for me, like I just kind of, I, I'd rather not be that. Like mm. I, there was a point in my life where I definitely felt that way, but it definitely, it feels more liberating. I think to your point when you talk about fear and stuff, it's like, it's more liberating to realize that I I have control over what I have control over and the things that I don't, it's fine. Like that's that's just the way the world goes. Like it's hard, maybe even in romantic relationships, recognizing mm-hmm. like there's so much I have control over. But mm-hmm. there once you recognize that that that's just the that is what it is, to me it just makes you a little bit more aware of who you are and what you can do in this world and what you can't do. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would say that's an area I could definitely continue to work on. I don't know if I'm as graceful. <laughs> yeah. um, I definitely can work on that. I can own that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I just think that's dope. It'd be up with you. <laughs> it's up with and you. And it's stuck. <laughs> that's it. Like, oh, you I don't mess with me? It. Clearly. That's what your actions are showing me. You don't mess with no. me. I don't care what's going on with you. No. Um, and that's not, that's not right. Yeah. But I, I think to your point, though, or to many of the points that you've made, what is clear is that the things, the values that you have are upstanding values. The, the way that you carry yourself is consistent with what you expect from other people. And you you do allow grace. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, I think that we do it to different degrees. I would say that as a people pleaser, it was easier for me to kind of fall into this category. So it's mm. one of the things I had to learn was the opposite, saying mm. no and all of that, right? So I think as yeah. much as you're saying this might be difficult, the inverse for me is difficult. Yeah, so. yeah. No, that's a great. Thank you for that. I receive no that. I receive it, and I think it's um, something I continue to work on to offer grace because mm-hmm. I don't often offer myself a lot of grace. Mm-hmm. So if I don't offer myself grace, it's naturally hard to offer others. Yeah. And so maybe the grace would be to be a little bit more silly. I'm over that. <laughs> I'm over that. We we passed that. Fair enough. Swerve. Fair um, enough. So, Fair enough. But I think that that's something I can continue to do is offer, learn how to offer myself grace and then mm-hmm. offer others grace. Because, um, yeah, you're right. We're all trying to figure it out. And I think, yeah, understanding that life is inherently great and we're doing the best we can with what we got is um, it, it's helping me. I wouldn't say I'm perfect at it, but it's yeah. helping me just try to understand that everybody ain't really out to do bad by you. They yeah. just out trying to do their best. It might be a, a byproduct of it, mm-hmm. right? And not excusing it, but yeah. it's yeah. just it is what it is. It is what it is. 
Well, thank you for answering all my questions. Do you have any questions for me? I'll usually ask, offer the opportunity. Oh, okay. Well, you did share a little bit uh, about you. Yeah. Um, who are you? Who am I? I am someone that loves stories and connections. Easy answer, because I think about this all the time. I think that if I whittle down all the aspects of me to the simplest terms, it's that. You mm. know, like, no matter what, no matter when you find me, no matter how you find me, I'll, I will be open and willing to listen to a story or to invest in a story or to learn something. And I think that the offer that I offer back to the universe or the world is that I try to make connections, you know, like not only for you, but for me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's one of the things people don't realize is that while I'm helping you learn about yourself, I'm learning about myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's what I appreciate from having guests. It's the trade off. It's the thing that helps me become a better person. It keeps me in this reflective space and it, it's enjoyable. Mm. Mm. You know, I, I love it. You know, I, I used to think if when I thought about the greats and the people that say like their work that work ethic is crazy and they stay in the studio and yada yada, I'm like, how can they do that? It's because you find the thing that you don't want to stop doing. Mm. And I never ever want to stop listening to stories. I never mm. ever want to stop trying to understand people because I think that that's what everyone's looking for is just Mm -hmm. to be understood so Mm. what are it made me think of something else when you said that last piece what are the elements of yourself that you're still trying to understand I think that the elements of myself that I'm trying to understand is my feelings of inadequacy Mm. of feeling like I'm not good enough a lot Mm. of who I am is built out of wanting to prove something. Um, And I've been rewarded for that. People have always said, oh, you got a nice TV or you have this. And like, I've always relished in the idea that people have appreciated the things that I've acquired, but I've never felt like I've been able to stand apart from those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, it's, it's really stepping more into that, that like being comfortable putting myself out there in an authentic way that's not predicated on what I've accomplished or what I have it's just me Mm. you know and and having people judge me and recognizing that I never used to feel like that was enough like I was never a person that felt like I could you know for lack of a better phraseology or analogy like get the girl just on my own merit I had Mm. to have the outfit or Mm. I had to have the shoes Mm. or so I think working on that part of me that continuously lets myself know that I'm good enough is, is what I'm working towards. And mm. I think that I get a lot of that. I get I get rewarded by helping people. That lets me know that I'm doing something that's good. So, mm. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. I no think. problem. Lastly, is there anything more you want to share? <laughs> nope, that's all my questions for you. So thank you so nope, much. No, that for you want to share? No, I don't have more? anything okay. else to share. Nope, I don't all have right. anything He's else been to an share. open book. He's been an open book. <laughs> No, but thank you so much for doing this, B. I appreciate you. You know, I appreciate the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. This was a fun time for me. I hope you found some enjoyment out of it. I and surely have. I hope the people that listen to this enjoyed as well. Thank so. you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm happy no to support the dream. Um, <laughs> Tom has been talking about this for a while, so it's interesting to see it come to life, and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it, so thank you. Oh, appreciate it. Clap it up. Clap it up. Thank you so much. All right. I'm ending it here. <laughs> and scene. And, and, and. Yeah.